I have been um, trying to do this as often as I remember to read out of Psalms 55 as a declaration. And um, here is what changes you. The word, the power of the word in your life is what actually changes you. And I find that we're... um, Especially in our culture, we're often looking for feelings and the emotion of something, and, and those are all great. I don't like those shut down. However, can never be what dictates you, to you uh, or evaluates how you're doing uh, or evaluates how somebody else is doing. Um, but the real power in preaching and the word in churches is, is the word. And this uh, declaration in Isaiah 55, reading out of the Passion Translation, as the snow and rain that fall from heaven do not return until they have accomplished their purpose. And their purpose is soaking the earth and causing it to sprout with new life providing seed to sow and bread to eat, so also will be the word that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled. My word performs my purpose and fulfills the mission I sent it out to accomplish. So it's, it's so um, assuring. I just keep um, meditating on that, that it's, it's the word that is the power and that uh, my my role is to just be faithful to that word, be faithful to what I hear, be faithful to what I'm to speak, that it's not my personality, my ability to sing or to um, uh, or preach well. It's, it's the power of the word. And then every person, I would encourage you, seek that anointing, that anointed utterance. And so... When there's an anointing on your utter, the utterance that you speak, and it can be very calmly, it doesn't have to be emotional, but it's, it's just being faithful to that and being faithful to what you know is the truth. It, in the simplest phrase expressing that, it has so much effect on people and on the environment around you, on your world around you, to speak the promise, to declare the promise, uh, that's why our, our worship songs are so wonderful to sing through the day, sing wherever they're full of these declarations. And um, they will change atmospheres, regardless of how you feel or how your day is going. Be conscious that the word and the declaration of the word and the declaration of his promises change things, transform things, transform you, transform others. And so... When we pray for people, we want to be making good declarations. That's the real power of praying for someone. Discover what it is you believe the Lord is saying about them, to them, for them, and declare that. There's no manipulation involved. You're not, you don't even necessarily, they don't necessarily have to hear it. But your, your expression, this is uh, more of what it should look like when we pray for each other, that we're declaring good things. We're de- declaring the prophetic utterance for a person's life. Sometimes they don't look like that. (laughs) That's not manifesting at that point. That's why you need to declare it. To speak as though it were things that are not as though they were. And that is the whole concept of faith and I, as I was sharing this and increasing our faith oh by the way I stuck this, yay, yay me I stuck something in my Bible to remind me. Um, 
we had, we've begun to tithe as a church, like, and uh, to tithe up, tithe the ministries that, that bless us. Um, and so that was a big commitment. We did that, held up a check. I think it was $3,000 or so that we sent out. And so we'll be due here in a, we're going to do that maybe quarterly. So, and uh, we sent to Elijah streams because I'm just, I know I'm receiving so much from the prophetic things that are coming out of Elijah streams. And so this is unusual, actually. I got a, th- a handwritten thank you note, not a, you know, you get the, you get the stuff, the paper all the time, you know, thank you for your contribution, da, 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 at the end of the, you know. No, this is handwritten by a woman named Marissa. So, Actually sent a thank you note. Dear friends, thank you so much for your generous donation to Elijah Streams. We all appreciate your support. May Jesus bless you and give you his peace. Thanks. So, um, yeah. I, I appreciated that. It was really, it was sweet. It was really nice. So, yay. So, yay them. Yay us. Because we're, again, by faith we're doing that. You look at things in your life, needs that you have on any given day, the needs list can bump up, you know? It'd be like, man, we need to start making more money because I, I want more, need more, okay? That thing, you know? Be careful of that little trap because that never gets satisfied. You know, the more you make, that, that really isn't the answer, you know, in itself. You can make more, but that doesn't mean you'll, have, you'll be content or reach that place. So you want to guard over that and be careful. And, and then this thing of how powerful it is when you come to, like, where's the real source of this for what I need and for my provision? And you give in faith to the Lord. And I always, I encourage giving in faith to the Lord. I encourage not giving if you're not in faith. Don't do it out, that, that'll just, yeah. It won't bless us, it won't bless you. That's, that's, <laughs> that's just great, yeah. Suicide preaching from a pastor. No, seriously, I, I really mean that. Our, our finances are so blessed, but they're blessed because people give in faith. And it's just amazing that we can continue. We go on, seldom have to say a word about it, collect our offering in a planter in the back, on the back wall. And uh, it's been working for us. So I'd come to this, I, I rewrote it I, last week. I was thinking, and I'm like, we need to shift gears about how we talk about ourselves and what we're doing, our journey of faith. Our language to the neighbors or friends, like, you may think I'm crazy, right? You have to put that premise there. Like, but I, I prayed or I believed or I, I did something, you know? And uh, so if we talk about it, there's this... Uh, we, we had to put that tagline in, like, I know this is stupid. You'll think this is dumb. You'll, it's like, I would encourage you to stop talking like that and realize you are different. You're called to be different. And I hope to God you believe in what you're doing or you're going to get killed. Don't try this Christian walk. Like, don't try this at home, you know? It's that, you know, seeing that stunt on television, it's like that little caption, don't try this at home, you know, this, yeah. No, don't, don't just run out and think you can jump over 10 cars with your motorcycle or something like that. But they made it look so easy, you know? Walking in faith, like, you need to, you need to be engaged. You need to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Don't do it haphazardly. 
do with all of your heart as you're pursuing him and walking. And, and our, our, value, our whole value system, again, stop apologizing for where your life is or what you have or don't have. Understand there were choices that you made to get where you are, even if it's absolute poverty. I mean, whatever it is. And I'm blessed in my walk. So that's, that's clear. But I'm not trying to attain things in this life. The world or the unbeliever or that, that system that's in the world, they may have a token faith or token Christianity, but the real thing that drives them is money, making money, career. I've, I've talked to young adults. Like they just think it's stupid if you have a career opportunity to uh, do better in another part of the nation that you, you absolutely, there's no question. Well, you always move with your job and your opportunity so you can keep going up. The Christian's like, no, I pray about that because just because it's no more money doesn't mean it's where God wants me. We, we have this other thing that it really dictates. And so you'll come to certain times in your life like, wow, look what they have and look what they're doing and I don't have that and da-da-da-da-da. But take a second look. But are you blessed? Do your children still love you? Like, I mean, there are some important things in life. A lot of very lonely, rich, wealthy men in the world. They can have anything that they want, but they don't have what they, what they really desire in their hearts. They've lost, they, they don't have one faithful woman in their life. Like, that's a treasure if you have that. Someone that believes in you and stands beside you through the thick and thin of life, that's priceless. To have children that respect you and honor you, they're always children, but, you know, not perfect children. But I'm just talking about when they come back and they call you blessed that, that's huge. They see career, fame, success. Everything is about that. And complying then with the views of the world. Like that's what's absolute. Like you've got, to compl- you've got to belong to that. We want to belong to another thing, a kingdom. The believer pursues the promises of the unseen realm. So reconcile this. Much of what you do and what you pursue is based on something you can't prove to anybody. Eventually you will, but you can't necessarily now. The, the whole concept of an entrepreneur and starting a business is risk. You look, you think this would be good, but it takes that, that movement. That's, there's risk. There's just R-I-S-K, risk, involved to step into it. Sometimes even the business world, business moguls, they have more faith sometimes than we do. We, we get so, you get your heart broken, your expectations disappointed a couple times, and pretty soon you, hold, you start withdrawing, right? You, you hold back. Like, well, I tried that once. Well, you know, it'll be, I'll find people that don't, you don't pray in faith anymore. And the story is, well, I did that. I really hung it out on a limb praying for someone to change, to get healed, to something to happen, and it, and it didn't happen. And, I, and now I'm hedging my bets. I'm holding back. I'm not living like that anymore. That's the desired result from the darkness. It's not God's, God's result, desire. We, we follow the kingdom. We're pursuing the kingdom now and to come. We don't even have to be, you know complicated about it 
It is now what we practice. We practice what Jesus taught us to practice. And it's right now, and it is to come. Don't make it more complicated. The, the destiny and destination of God who calls us to pursue the city of the unshakable foundations. We saw this in, in Hebrews. Whose architect and builder is God. So we've got our eyes on a city. This isn't the final thing. It's easy to get hooked in where it's life and death and you're you know ready to die on this hill. Make sure it's worth dying for, okay? And in all of that, we're to always have, and it is a, it's a, content, it's a tension to, to, to be engaged in your destiny and purpose here on earth, find that, discover that, be engaged, but at the same time, keeping your eyes on a city whose architect is, is God. It's not, not this life, this world. It's a, it's a tension. I don't even have it all worked out, but it's okay to live in a mystery. Just don't, don't forsake. Don't feel like you've got to come to an absolute conclusion about understanding things. Just keep it all there and say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I, I understand, get this, I don't get this. <laughs> I don't know how to walk this out. What does it look like to walk it out? You'd be surprised how many people actually don't know that you think should know. A lot of this is unexplainable. It's the unseen. But you, you, at the end of the day, you're like, I just feel it's what I'm supposed to do. I just believe this is where I'm supposed to go. I just believe this is how I'm to handle this. And, and, and so you, you come to this, and sometimes everybody around you might be like, oh, you're, you're out of it. You're not doing well. It's like, at the end of the day, who do you give account to? So... I think it's, I just keep meditating on it, like destiny and purpose. We are people that live with a destiny and purpose. How we obey and walk it out, yeah, there are a lot of things that our choices affect. They do. What you, what you sow, you also reap. There, that's a principle. What goes up must come down, unless you're supernatural, you know? Like, there, there are laws in, in, that, are, that are in play and in fact. In effect, and uh, it was Hebrews 11.10. It's, it's not the immediate. These people of faith were able to follow because it wasn't for the immediate reward, but it was for the ultimate reward or the ultimate goal or the ultimate place that you're living for and you're going towards. Jeremiah 29. I'll just read it out of my, um, my phone Bible. <laughs> uh, New King James. Uh, Jeremiah 29, just the three verses here. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. This is the Lord speaking. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. A true non-believer does not think like that. They don't even accept this. This is a non-acceptable. You don't live like this. There's not a God who has a purpose and plan for you. And that is, it's kind of like elementary, but it's not anymore. It's a big deal. A lot of our world leaders, they, they think this is rubbish. And they're, they're leading and causing effects and doing things, because, and they've forsaken this. This is not in their, in their agenda at all. Then you will call upon me, this is, we believe the Lord says this, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. God hears? Yes. We're a people that believe he hears our prayers. 
Our simple prayers that we pray when no one's watching. We believe our prayers affect things. We believe that praying, having a heart-to-heart talk with God is not wasted words. It's a step above talking to yourself. Yeah? (laughs) Phyllis is always, who are you talking to? I said, myself, just stop. Leave me alone. (laughs) Even in my mumbling, my voice must carry. I mean, I don't even think she's around. She's like, who are you talking to? Stop. Stay out of my psychosis. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> and you will seek me and find me. I'll have to just, just I'm talking to Jesus. Like, leave me alone. That's, uh, that's, that's what I need to tell her. She knows better, but the, you know, in those mumbling. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So we own this. Go, I, I'm going to own this. I believe I am a person who the Lord has invited to call out to him and talk to him. That if I seek him, he will find me. He will, if I search with him, for him with all my heart, I'll be found and I will find him. So it, it's really important to resolve that and stop, like, examine yourself. Are you living between the cracks? It's not a good place to live. Are you living between two worlds? That, that's the best recipe for the world will do better than you because they're all in over there. That's the bottom line. But at least they have vision and purpose. They're like, yep, here's how we live. I did it my way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to work hard at it. And yeah. And they don't do half bad for a while. Surprise ending at the end. But, but we need to be the people that's like, yeah, I could live like that way, but that way, but I choose because there's a calling on my life because... I've encountered a God that's sovereign, this, this God we worship in our songs. He's sovereign. He watches over us. We find, he, sees, he helps us through the battle. He's in the storm. He's there for us. He, he tells the storm when to stop. That's, that's how powerful he is. He chooses that. He, de, he designs that. I already have it all scheduled. The storm's, storm's going to stop here in 20 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. You know, before it ever comes. He's the God that, that is over all, and that's who we yield and give ourselves to. So we're going to pick up in our look at faith and Hebrews. Hey, baby. Went down the wrong throat. Oh, went down the wrong tube. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 23, we're going to pick up talking about Moses. And in verse 23, faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months because they realized their child was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's edict. This is a strange verse in case nobody else caught it. Okay. His mother had him. I'm like, every mother does this. Like, oh. He's beautiful. You know, you have your child. Like, of course he's beautiful. But there was something exceptional about this that it made it into the scripture. So what is like, of course, every mother thinks their their child's beautiful. But um, in, um, let me find, here it is. Exodus 2.2. So the woman conceived, this was Moses' mother. She conceived bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him there 
for three months. She hid him for three months. Now, this was illegal. So why did she do something to risk committing treason? Like there was punishment for this. The edict was, you bring them, we'll kill them, well, we'll do whatever, okay? The word is the word for elegant, pleasing in appearance or of good character. He was a newborn. But she looked at him, and, and I believe something supernatural happened. It's like, this child's special. She, she knew that. She couldn't prove why. Because if she'd have told that story to 10 other women, they'd all be like, well, yeah, yeah, I had the same thing with my firstborn, you know? At least for three months. Then he became two and three, and I'm like, ah, not, I'm not feeling that anymore, you know? So there was something unique, and she followed that. There's no reason for this. this if she got caught, she was in trouble, a lot of trouble. Now, women will go above and beyond when it comes to their children. Like, don't mess with that. So there is a supernatural, like, go beyond. But she does this with Moses, keeps him for three, three months. And here's, it makes us in this chapter, she did that by faith. In verse 24, faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. For although he was raised as a son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity. So we're reading the Bible. We're reading this story. Well, like, of course he would. He woke up, he realized who he was, and you know, he's like, I, I'm not, I can't be an Egyptian anymore. I can't live like this anymore. It's like, when, really? Can you give up your security that easy? Can you make a decision that all of a sudden your credit card's not gonna work anymore and your debit card's not gonna work anymore and the bank's not gonna take care of your money anymore and when you go here and there, it's hard decisions. When it really hits the road, it's hard for all of us to risk our security and everything that we know and how to function to, to put that at risk. This takes faith to identify, I've got to take, I've got to step away from this. I can't live like this anymore. I know who I am. And there was no way of knowing what was going to happen to him. He had, if he had been in the in, in this life he lived long enough, he probably saw people lose their heads over less. You, you don't betray the king. You don't betray that confidence. You don't, you don't let something be found out about you like where you really come, really came from. An incredible price, and yet he was willing to pay that. How? Because of faith. He, he believed. He wasn't just on a suicide mission. He was like, I can't do this. I believe I'm called to something greater. So he was following, he was following that. Choosing to instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God, Moses preferred faith certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed. More than in anything the world could offer him, for his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate. Again, easy to criticize people for this, but it's very difficult, isn't it, to lift your eyes off of the, um, the immediate, 
what seems like the great thing to do. Like you've got to have that. You've got to marry that person. You've got to make this decision. Like, and this, this thing is raging in you. Like you can, you know, it takes some time maybe to develop the discernment for it, but you realize the difference between desiring something in a godly way that you're patiently waiting for the Lord fulfill. That's a great quality. And this other thing where you're ready to sell your soul and firstborn and everything else to have that thing. And, and you find, you start, it's a rush that comes up. You know, I can figure out how to get this. I got to get there. I got to go there. I got to do this, you know. And, and there's a difference and there's no peace in it. That's how the believer identifies this. It's like, wait a minute. This is me striving for something. It may not even be a bad thing. Those are the tricky ones. It may look like, the greatest thing you could ever want. But this is why we, we pray, we wait on the Lord. We, off, we commit our way to the Lord. Lord, here's something I want, but I don't know. I don't want it if it's not going to turn out to be good. There were things I wanted I'm glad I didn't get. You have some of those now? Like, whew, glad that didn't work out. At the time, I thought, i got to get there. I've got to get to that position. I've got to get that thing. And then time goes by and you go, oh, oh, Lord, uh, 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 no, no. Lord, thank you for the tight rein holding me back when I was a young man going, I, I, I need to do this. I need to go here. I need to have this now. Like, no, no, you, you don't need that now. You'll make a mess of it. <laughs> I've got that for you coming. Not now. It's not time. But everybody else has it. They may, but not you. You've, I need you to wait because I know I care about you. I know what's best. Commit your way to me. And the more we do that, we can look, all look back and go, the more we would do that, the more energetic we would be about it, the more things we could have saved ourselves from, eh? Because making the wrong decision has consequences that go with it that don't necessarily go away for a while. A hardship. And then you're, complaining and you're in this it's like own it go I know why this happened I was anxious I know why this happened I, I, I let something else rule and, and motivate me and the Lord redeems and he makes it right and he has this patience he's like okay we'll, just, we'll get you through this and then we're going to take a turn over here we'll get you back on the road eventually be patient I'll lead you don't make another mess right now okay <laughs> don't try to fix it on your own, that's, that's mess times double. Let me have the reins. Let me help you. I'll lead you and I'll guide you in this safe place. I know the plans that I have for you. Like, Lord, how about you? I know the plans I have for you. And they're, they're good plans. You want my plans. This is how simple predestination is that people stumble over. It's like, it's very simple. God says, I've got a great plan for you. Are you in? You want to let me lead you? I've got a great, great way of working all this out. Like, no, no, i got to get there fast. Okay. Faith's great reward. Going on in verse 27, holding faith's promise, 
Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he per persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. Again, this is easy for us to read. The reality of watching Pharaoh when he was crossed, when he was betrayed, that's what you don't see here. But we can assume because those kind of leaders, dictators, there, there's not a black and white, especially kings of the Bible. You either, I mean, you could be the wife. And if you approach without an invitation, the story of Ruth, huh? She knew there was a, by faith she did that because there was a huge risk that she would have lost her life just because she, she approached without an invitation, without being invited to come. That's how, that's how strict, how, how, unforgiving these things were these situations were so don't read it too fast go wow that was probably really he had to really know because he knew what would happen when he found out when he's like i don't want to be egyptian anymore <coughs> hey I'm, actually i'm a hebrew <coughs> oh we were killing them then we'll just kill you now Faith stirred Moses to perform the rite of Passover. <laughs> there you go. He's the first. He did the first Passover, huh? The original. To perform the rite of Passover and sprinkle lamb's blood to prevent the destroyer from harming the firstborn. And what was that? It was this ridiculous, silly gesture to put blood from a lamb over the lintel, the doorpost. Now, where does that ever work to save your firstborn? Again. That's faith. And let's go, yep, that's faith. And faith works. Because in that other mindset, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that won't work. I can see Robbie when he's, he laughs at something that, you know, you come out, you go, uh, that won't work. I don't think that's going to work. He, he did the thing. He didn't run. I mean, what's the natural, like, uh-oh, death angel coming through tonight? Run! <laughs> Grab your firstborn and go! No, he, he had faith to obey. Do you think maybe everybody that was with him thought it was a great, brilliant idea? Probably not. Sometimes your biggest enemies are the people's, people closest to you, and you can't even blame them. Because if you were in their shoes, you'd be thinking they were crazy too, right? Like you're like, oh, no, no, no. <clears throat> Verse 29. Faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea as if on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to cross, they were swallowed up and drowned. Oh, yeah, that Red Sea moment. Again, it's great in Sunday school. How many of you could walk through? I mean, let's just pretend like it was as high as this. The walls of water on each side of the path were just as high as this ceiling, the top. I think it's 13 feet to the first set of beams, and then it's another 10 up there maybe. 20, 23, 25 feet. Let's say it was just that. And that much water definitely smooshed you like a whatever if it came down on you. Water is very powerful. 
and it opens up, and you're between a rock and a hard place. You know, Pharaoh's coming, hot and heavy, and, and the sea opens up. The winds blow, it goes up, and you see the water on that side, and you see the water on that side. It's right there, and something's holding it up all the way, and you can see blue sky, and it's like, come on, cross. Would we all been able to step into that? I mean, and who was the first mouse, you know? And you walk through this, and it's, it's a little, it's a journey. It's not just like a, whoop, back up. It'll walk across this whole thing. I don't, somebody knows the distance. I don't know what it was that they walked with children and animals and everything they had with them to go through this thing. And the whole time, you know, you're keeping your eyes on that wall of water right there. And the last person gets out the other side. And Pharaoh is convinced. Someone said recently, he thought that was for him. <laughs> he thought the Lord of, like, like, that's like, mousetrap was perfect. Whatever it was, he's like, bigger than life, follow him right in. And the last uh, Hebrew got out, and boom, down it came. Whatever the depth of the Red Sea was there, it was deep enough to wipe out Pharaoh and all of his horses and chariots. How do they walk through? Faith. So it's much more, isn't it, than just praying for things, but that's included. And if we get this and grow in this, we'll be better at what we need to be better at. Your whole, like, let your spirit adjust and realize this is how we roll. You need to practice, and to some degree you are, so develop it. Let it, let it be known. You're in the situation. You're staying in a situation, I hope, because you feel it's the will of God, and you believe that that is where God's, God's going to take care of you. And your friends and neighbors are saying, Get out. That's stupid. Why are you still in that job? Now, if you're there as a victim, then I'm like, get out. But if you're there because you know it's not time to leave, then stay in and believe the Lord will walk you through that. I mean, this is really important. We're, we're only gr Christians are only good at this when it's working out well. We're not good at it when it really, when the, you know, the rubber hits the road. And if you're in it and you believe it's worth then stop complaining about it. Stop. You're going to get yourself killed. Like, come to this place, you go, I walk by faith. Can you just say that to yourself? I walk by faith, not by sight. I, I live in a different realm. I function out of a different, different dynamic. I live by faith. No, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't matter what I acquire or accomplished in this life, what matters is that I get through it and God says, good job, well done. That's our goal, to have him look at you and go, you did good. You're like, huh, I was a hot mess. You made it. You don't realize some of the things you're going to get amazing like pats on the back for, you'll be like, oh, I was, no, it did terrible. I'm proud of you. You walked through the waters. You kept coming when others turned back. You risked it all to do what you felt I called you to do. Well done. 
But everybody I prayed for died. He's like, you prayed. I'll take care of the dying part. Here they are. You know, like some of the things we thought were total absolute failures, maybe not. Look at it again through kingdom lens. We're always evaluating, like, stop. Don't, don't figure it out. Don't try to fix it. Don't analyze, don't overanalyze things. Find yourself in the middle of following what the Lord asked, called you to do. And, where, and, and put your shoulders back and go, I'm walking by faith. You may not understand it, but here's how I roll. This is how we roll in our house. This is how we go in our house. Oh, be careful. Yeah, but this is how we roll. I don't have a check. I'm following a piece of the Lord in my heart to go, to do. And let your faith increase. Thank you, Mackenzie. I knew that sound. I was looking for it. I was like, yeah, there she is. <laughs> Her bubble, bubble language. Let's pray. Father, we commit to you our ways. We commit to you all that we have. And we want to live today. We want to reset to live in a way that our eyes are on a city that's beyond here. That the one who called us is beyond here. That you are faithful. That you are with us. That we live for something greater than just accomplishing and having things in this life. We look for our purpose and our destiny. And we thank you for leading us and guiding us. And even for the troubles that it brings, the troubles that we may have, because you promise to work through all those things. It keeps our, we keep our eyes on you. Lord, let us cast off shame and let us cast off this doubt and this in-between place we may find ourselves in and maybe just in certain areas where we're, we're not all in. Lord, we want to be all in and we ask that you expose any, anything that is not true, anything that, that needs exposed, our half-heartedness, our uncertainty, our lack of faith, so that we can be able to believe fully in every area of our life. And we thank you for that. We thank you for these promises. We thank you for the word that will transform us and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.